0: Hi, I'm Greg Yulin with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. Today, I have an in-person guest, in-studio guest. His name's Ken Wolf. Ken is the uh, supervisor of our Security Operations Center here at uh, Reynolds & Reynolds. Um, Actually, just getting ready to move into the brand new facility. More to come on that. But, uh, Ken, thanks so much for joining. Thanks Thanks for having me here. Yep, absolutely. We thought it'd be a good time to uh, to have you on. Uh, October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I was, I was learning as doing a little prep for our conversation yeah. that uh, this year is actually the 20th year of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It's, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, yep. um, kind of founded this, and they're rolling it out. So, uh, good, good time to talk about you know cybersecurity, certainly in the dealership world, and you know how we can um, kind of take action to prevent issues. Uh, but I wanted to start, if you don't mind, uh, I guess maybe first give a little background on yourself. Um, kind of what you do, how long you've been with Reynolds, and, uh, and then we can dive in from there. Yeah,
1: sure. So I've been with Reynolds uh, 13 years. It'll be 13 years next month. Okay. Um, and uh, started out in our uh, network operations center doing monitoring and, and kind of take cabling things, you know, saw on server, stuff like that, um, racking and stacking, and, and uh, <laughs> moved from there um, through a couple of our, you know, IT organization teams uh, into our information security team. And I've been doing that for about 10 years now. Mm. Uh, and, and now I'm the uh, one of the supervisors of our Security operations center. Uh, we do a lot of the monitoring uh, implementation of implementation of technologies uh, response when you know incidents or security events happen uh, and uh, yeah just kind of keeping fresh, keeping a good eye and good pulse or our fingers on the pulse uh, to, to kind of keep things updated, ready to go and ready to respond. Yeah. So you've seen a lot over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Safe to yeah. say. And, you know, you mentioned that uh, <laughs> it's 20 years of cybersecurity and a lot
0: has changed 20 years ago to now. It's a completely different landscape. Yeah, I mean, 20 years ago you could uh – well, at least I thought it probably wasn't the case, but you could you could download or buy the, the C D ROM for your yeah. antivirus each year, right? Yeah, you'd be hey, protected yeah. and you're good to go. Yep. Exactly. Um, not exactly the case anymore. No, yeah, those have gone by the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit. Um I'm curious personally, uh, somebody with your background and, and kind of knowledge, um, thinking about cybersecurity, and we'll get into the dealership world in a second, but sure. on a personal level too. Um, you know, in a world where I don't know, I think about cybersecurity, I think about a PC, right? Yeah. Uh, but I have an iPhone, and I have this, and I have that, and and everybody's got, got a, a phone in their pocket, right? Yeah. And you click links on stuff all the time that, that you may not put as much diligence into thinking about exactly. as you do on a computer with a mouse. Yep. Um, so I was hoping to talk a little bit about what you can do, or, or things to look out for maybe, from a, a personal perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I have this we call it an issue, but this issue right now where, uh, I, I can't stop getting text messages for people trying to sell me health insurance. Yeah. I don't need. Yep. Um, so I don't know where it came from, right. Did, did I do something or, you know, did something happen? But, um, I don't know, maybe just some of those things that we can look out for as people to, to make sure that our devices are safe and, and other things aren't impacted. Cause I mean, everything's on your phone, yeah, right? Everything. Yep. I mean, especially financial stuff, Venmo and banks and credit cards and all that.
1: Yeah. Mobility is the key word and, you know, mobility comes up, the the cost of your data being scattered all over the internet right yeah um so you have a bunch of different services uh you know you have your banking shopping uh you know chat stuff social media those types of things and uh and as a result you you have a lot of different information that's spread over a lot of different platforms um so you know the name of the game basically boils down to controlling your data um, and you know, there are ways you can control it. There are also ways that are, you know, things are outside of your control. So to your text messaging thing, um, you know, there are a lot of companies who make a lot of money selling, reselling, repackaging data to be sent off to other guys who repackage and use it, you know, and sure. sell it. Uh, so, you know, in those instances, your phone number is probably part of that, um, from any number of services you signed up for, uh, and you're going to get those texts. It's unfortunate. Um, but I would say generally, you know, you can't, not share your phone number on a lot of different platforms. Sure. So at the end of the day, uh getting those text messages, you know, if you have a spam filter on your phone or, you know, uh you- service providers like iMessage or Google Android messages have spam filtering and those types of things. Let those things do their thing, report a spam, you know, do that. Um, but that would fall into, I think, a lot of the, I can't necessarily control all that, right? Okay. You're going to get marketing emails, you're going to get phishing emails, you're going to, these things are going to happen. Uh, so control the data that you can and control it in a way that you can. So, uh, you know, when you're signing up for stuff, uh, signing up for a new website or, you know, go to a new shopping place, go to, you know, Temu or, or whatever the big new thing is, Doc com, right? Um, really think, you know, what am I submitting? Um, you know, what am I giving these people? Uh, what am I giving this company? Um, and, uh, and do I need to do that? So, yeah. uh, so you know, awesome new deal. You get uh, you know, a pair of jeans for a dollar uh, sent over from wherever. And, uh, and when, you know, they say, hey, we'll send you a pair of jeans for a dollar. Great. Sign up to this website. gives your credit card information, your email address, and your address. We'll send it over to you. Um, okay, so you know, it's a dollar um, and think of what you're giving versus what they're giving, right? Um, you're giving your credit card information, you're giving your name, address, um, you're getting marketing statistics, right? Um, and, and those type of analytics to that company and in mm-hmm. exchange they're giving you you know, a pair of jeans that are gonna fall apart uh, in a month <laughs> um, and, uh, and for a dollar and that's that, right? So uh, your data is very valuable and, uh, and it's a lot more valuable then, you know, generally people treat it online. Um, yeah. So, you know, the things you can't control, all that reselling and all that stuff um, happens because of things you can control, which are giving your data to, you know, people who you know, may not need it, um, sticking to, uh, you know, Distributing your stuff out um, anyone who asks right all the new stuff sign up for all the new social media sharing online um, So you don't need to necessarily do all that and if you kind of keep things tight and uh, You know don't sign up for all these newsletters don't sign up for all the social media right uh, you should be able to lessen the impact of data resellers of bad guys getting your data mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then the you know results of that phishing emails uh, you know, attempted breaches, uh, you know, scams, those types of things.
0: Yeah. So, what's the personal impact? You mentioned a phishing email, right? Yeah. I want to get into that in a little bit uh, on the business side. Um, and when we think about it on the business side, right? I click on a link in an email, and it, it and again, I want I want to talk to you about it because I'm yeah. a little fuzzy. But yeah, sure. um, you know, you basically uh, give somebody access to a network and, in you know, one example, right. PC, where you can access the network and then other information can be destroyed or, or blocked or whatever the case might be. Uh, but from a personal perspective, um, what's at risk? Uh, you know, is there, is there anything where, so yeah, the, the text messages are annoying, right? Yeah. Yep. But that's about it. It's mm-hmm. annoying. Um, the phone calls that we get are annoying, but that, that, that's it. Yeah. Um, on a personal device, a phone, a PC, a tablet, um, what else, if anything, is, is actually at, at risk by clicking on a link in a phishing email as an example?
1: Yeah, for sure. So if you think about the physical world um, you know, as it exists today or even you know, 20, 40, 30 you know, years ago mm-hmm. – uh, you have, you have a mailbox, right? You get your mail coming in, right? Someone could steal mail, mail out of your mailbox, right? Sure. Uh, you have a house, someone could break into your house. You might have, you know, money valuables in your house. Those are all physical things. You have a car, gets you places, a phone, you know, in the house you can call people from. Um, all those things also exist digitally, right, now. Um, so your mail, your uh, phone, your voice, right, your identity, your financial information, uh, your ability to transact business, those are all online as well. Um, So, you know, if someone wants to, you know, break into your house, if they want to steal your mail, if they want to uh, call someone from your phone and act like you, right, they don't have to do all that physically now, they can do it online. So what's at risk is, you know, anything that you can think of that comes through your email, um, that comes through any of your social media, right, someone could impersonate you on social media, Uh, someone could conduct financial transactions in your name through identity theft, Uh, they could Text you or they can text other people From your phone if they have your contacts uh, And say hey this is so and so And hey I'm in a bind can you send me 20 bucks on Venmo right um, It doesn't have to be big huge things but You know people live on their phones People live using their digital Identities um, so you know Not to be too uh, grandiose about it But right. it's your life online um, And uh, and yeah So
0: that's what's at risk Okay alright um. So let, let's shift then. That's no, good. I'm processing a little bit, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but sure. uh, I want to shift into, you know, the business world. Um, that's really kind of the crux of our conversation. So thinking about that same thing from a dealership, you know, yeah. our, our audience, um, what what's at risk? How does that change, I guess, when you think about a business on a network? Um, you know, maybe multiple stores are connected. Yeah. Um, you know, what? what then are kind of the... The potential negatives or, or, you know, the impact that that can have. Yeah, for sure. If you, uh, so then if you think about, Hey, this is how I
1: transact my life. This is what I do. Um, you know, all digitally for personal use. Right. Um, a lot of that moves over to the business side too, right? Businesses transacted online, businesses all done online. Uh, if you think about, you know, uh, Mail, or social media marketing, email marketing, uh, online transactions, communication between vendors, between customers, those types of things, online reputation, uh, all those things exist in the digital world and have a pretty significant impact on your business. Yeah. So if you think uh, you know everything that's digital, uh, can I exist as a business? without it, or can I exist if, uh, you know, there's a severe information impact um, or criminal impact to those things, right? Um, Can your business exist solely in the brick and mortar world, um, you know, by phone call and, you know, by mail and people walking in and out? Uh, And it's it's a pretty tough sell to say that for a lot of businesses, right? Right. They need their social media, they have their reputation online, they have reviews online, um, and they transact business online, right? Emails come back and forth, pay a vendor, um, those types of things, customers email and, Hey, can I get a deal on this car? Uh, so yeah, that's, what's at risk. It's a lot of different facets.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I hear stories about a lot, um, it's terrifying, but yeah. and I don't know how common it is, is, uh, ransomware. Yep. Right. So, uh, somebody sends, sends you a phishing email, right. Which a phishing email for, for definition purposes, at least from my, my layman's perspective is an email that, that, uh, looks like it's coming from a reputable source um, and it may have reputable instructions on it, you click a link and it either from that link will download something onto your computer or send you to a website that'll download something to your computer. So then locally you have um, uh, software, essentially malware running on your computer that could essentially provide access to someone Uh, To your PC and everything that's connected to So at a high level is my my layman's understanding pseudo accurate. Yeah, I'd say (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The first part's perfect. So, um, it's a scam email basically, right? Um, so and 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 then what the you know, what they're trying to do is get you to do something, right? Um, So that's that's the basics of it, right? Um, And do something might be uh, Yeah, install this thing it might be uh, sign into this thing. It might be even like hey, Send me a text message to this phone number. Um, you know, I'm I'm your boss. Send me a text message. I have something important to talk to you about, right? Mm-hmm. Or give me a call. I'd like to talk to you on the phone. Um, so it, it's just the in, the initial intrusion point that could you know go any different way. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're trying to get you to do you know X, which is you know send them money, uh, you know install something for them to monitor your computer, give them your password,
0: any of those things. Okay. So. Then what, right? So take it to the next step, and, and I'm, what I'm getting to is this whole idea of ransomware. Like, but I'm trying to understand how it works, right? Yeah. If you you're a bad guy, I'm a good guy. You send me an email, I click on a link, and it does something. Like, what what does it do? What are the mechanics of how someone would ultimately, like, what what actions would be taken yeah. by you know a criminal?
1: So in a ransomware scenario, yeah, you get that initial phishing email that right. says hey, um, you know, hey, Greg, uh, you know, this is your insurance provider. I just need to update these forms.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Okay, click on this link. I'll get you the forms. Um, So you click on the link and, you know, maybe instead of going to the insurance company website, uh, it sends you to this other website um, that says download the forms here. Okay. Um, Now, if you're thinking of, you know, uh, know, insurance, super insurance company, right, as a brand name, uh, instead of going to super insurance company, you go to, you know, uh, super super company.com right uh, lookalike domain is what they're called and it's meant to fool you into thinking I think I'm at the right site mm-hmm. um, so when you go there uh, click on the download forms page download a form what you think is a form uh open it up and you know to the end user if you're looking at the screen nothing might happen right um and it's not going to be the the laughing skull or it's not (laughs) computers not going to melt right or anything and like the hollywood stuff uh you probably won't see anything maybe you might see something pop for a second and then that's it right um on the background though a lot of different stuff is going on a lot of stuff is is automated 90% of the way so in the background what's happening is uh, you know things are getting installed you're getting backdoors installed on your computer for someone
0: to remotely access your computer uh, it might be checking your okay, styles so, um, there so like how does that work yeah sure so, so for somebody that doesn't isn't familiar with somebody logging into your computer or backdoor like you mentioned like what is that a piece of software like what is that yep yeah it's a piece of
1: software that allows someone to access your computer it might be using something that's already built into the computer uh just not activated or or set up yet or it might be using an entirely different or novel piece of software that allows someone to, to access it it might be something where on the other end they're just looking at lines of code they can type in, um, or it might be something where it's a full-fledged picture of your desktop that can watch you in real time you know, moving your mouse around and stuff like mm. that. So uh, so yeah, they're seeing that. Um, and more importantly, you know, they can do stuff uh, to your computer. Um, and uh, I mentioned the automated part, so a lot of that's automated going through its checks, might reach out, grab files from here or there on the internet, on websites that the bad guy controls. Okay. Um, different packages to install or to configure the uh, the end ransomware package on your computer. Yeah. Uh, now, once it gets to a certain point, it's gonna check in with the bad guy's website somewhere out in the world and say, hey, I got one on the hook, you know, I got a live one. Uh, and bad guy sees that notification and, you know, Best case scenario for you, he sees it, he's doing other stuff, maybe he doesn't worry about it, doesn't care about it, and then that's it, right? Um, worst case scenario, of course, is that he sees it and says, great, you know, this is a prime target and let's get this. Uh, that's what we call hands-on keyboards. So when someone's actually typing and on the other end doing things to your computer. Uh, at that point, uh, you know, he would execute the ransomware package and that's when, that's when you see what happens, right? That's when the user's notified of, oh no, something's gone wrong, right? So, you know, your icons are changing on your desktop, your document icons are changing, you may get a big pop-up or your wallpaper changes and it says the whole spiel about, you know, you owe us Bitcoin, you owe us dollars, send money to this guy, um, and uh And at that point, right, you've probably been compromised a, a while, right you've probably be compromised maybe maybe a week, maybe a few days, maybe even longer um, and it was just you're on the attacker's timeline uh, at that point, you know you're kind of stuck, and mm-hmm. that, that's the that's the end that's the end game right
0: there so how does that work? Do they adjust like permissions where you can't access things? so I log in to my p c right with my yep. username and my password yep um And, you know, in in a normal safe world, I have access to certain things. I don't have access to other things. Yeah. Um, And that's controlled by, you know, a a universal kind of IT team with with roles and permission settings. Um, Is it effectively the same thing? It's just the 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 hacker in this case or the bad guys is controlling permissions. Is that essentially what's happening? Or are I they wish. stripping data? Yeah, right. what's, what's going on?
1: Yeah, right. I, I really wish it were that. Um, because you know as an end user, you uh, generally will have admin on your own computer right. and you have basically super control of everything. Um, so if it were that simple, you know, Microsoft could make some adjustments, Microsoft could release a tool, antivirus could release a tool, any of your vendors could release a tool saying, hey, let's just undo those changes. Right. Um, Unfortunately, the the reality of it is that it uses pretty, you know, uh, in, in most cases, strong encryption. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, scrambling around the data, encrypting it, right. Um, using the attacker's key, um, like a password, uh, that is a uh, pretty strong and, uh, and then encrypting all that data to where it's unreadable by the computer. Um, so you know, try to click on it, it won't work. If you do try to adjust permissions, you should have full permission over the file still. Um, you have administrative permissions, you can delete, move, whatever. Um, but it's encrypted, so the data inside that file is just kind of scrambled around and uh, and requires a key to be applied to it. Um, and more often than not, uh the encryption that's applied to the files is strong enough to where uh you know encryption strength now is in a pretty strong spot um, to where you need significant resources to crack stuff so uh you know let's say you have a ten thousand dollar uh encryption cracking machine it might still take you uh you know a year, twenty years, fifty years. Uh, mathematically to crack that encryption Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know practically it's not possible to crack the encryption uh, unless you have the key Um, and you know sometimes the FBI you know they bust people or you know uh, any of the law enforcement agencies around the world Microsoft Google these guys they get busted submit the keys hey we have the keys we got the keys for all the ransomware Um, and uh, and then yeah, people can decrypt their stuff but more often than not if your stuff is encrypted uh, you're kind of out of luck um, for that data that sits right there, yeah. Hopefully, you have a backup, um, or you know, hopefully, you don't need the data. So, sure, yeah. If you're talking, hey, let's let's go decrypt this. Not probably an option. Uh, you know, dealing with the bad guys could be an option. Um, obviously, you don't want to necessarily do that. You're at the you're at the uh, you're at the mercy of criminals, mm-hmm. right? Um, you pay them ten bucks, they might say, give me a hundred, you know, yeah. and then give me a thousand, right? Uh, so. Best case scenario, you have a backup of the data or you don't need the data. Mm-hmm. Just kiss it goodbye, wipe your computer, start fresh, and uh, and then just try to forget it ever happened. Yeah. Um, but, you know, worst case scenario, you have valuable stuff that's locked away um, with keys that someone controls, you know, halfway across the world that uh, you don't have any chance of getting unless you, you know, bow their requests. And that's really it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um. So, backups, that's an important an important step. Correct, yeah, okay. having backups. Anything that you don't ever want to lose,
1: um, have a backup of it somewhere, right? Yeah. Have a backup of it online. Have a backup of it on another computer. Um, you know, use tools that are available within whatever you're using. So, you know, Google Photos has a backup solution, right? Send it out there. Apple Photos, iCloud, like those types of things uh, have backup mechanisms in them. Right. Um, and, you know you're probably not going to be attacked by super big, bad, you know, ransomware guy. Right. Um, he wants to attack people with a lot of money. Um, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want, uh, for all that he's doing, right. Uh, he's, you know, sending you this malware. Um, you send malware out, uh, antivirus companies see it, right. They develop detection mechanisms and defense mechanisms. Right. So, uh, you may be burning one of your really cool tricks. Um, and, uh, and so there's a risk on the attacker's part to attack you. Um, so, you know, when you're doing that,
0: you know, he wants a big target. He wants a big, juicy target. Um, yeah, but and, you think about a dealership, right, with one, two, five, 30 stores. Absolutely. Um, that's a lot of data. Yeah. Right? And, and it seems to be a pretty prime target. Yeah. Um, so thinking about that, you, you know, you mentioned, you know, backups is definitely – one piece of that obviously dms data anything that, that is out there that you need yep. um to operate your business yeah for sure if you didn't have you'd kind of be out of luck yeah um you know so, so making sure that you have backups really daily yeah i would yeah. assume right
1: yeah uh, so i have a, have a plan um on your backups know where your data is what data you have yeah um uh, and then, you know, make some reasonable uh, determination on where your backup strategy is at and how you want to implement that. Um, you know, can you live without a week of, of that data? Maybe. OK, weekly backups. Do you want to do daily small backups and do one week, you know, weekly big backup, one monthly big backup? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how does offsite work? Right. Um, you think about Backups not necessarily in the hacker got all your stuff way but hey what happens if your uh, you know building catches fire you know heaven forbid or or there's a flood or yeah. you know there is a your building gets hit by lightning and mm-hmm. you know your electric is fried right so a bunch of different things uh, could happen that are probably more plausible than, than a ransomware guy um, but that affect your data all the same right, right. your data is unusable if all your hard drives are underwater. Your data yeah. is unusable if your hard drives are burnt up. Um, or, you know, if uh, if someone has the only password to it and they quit. Um, sure. Yeah, so those types of scenarios all require a robust backup solution. Um, something you need to yeah sit down, plan for, and uh and plan for the physical plan for the uh the logical the, the the electronic the digital yeah um and once you have a solid strategy of those two um then yeah you're in a pretty good spot it's gonna hurt if you have to restore um and it's gonna be disruptive for the business but
0: nowhere near as painful or as disruptive if you lose all your data obviously right right so what does that process look like to restore your data um in in my my head, with no experience doing this, it's um, you know, all right, hit download and restore and, and your roll. Obviously, yeah. that's not the case though. So what what does that look like? You know, if and when because we're talking about backups, so we're assuming that um, at some point something's going to happen, yeah. right? That's why you have the backup so that yep. you can then restore. But when you have to go to restore. What is What does that look like? What does that process look like? What does it feel like? Yeah, sure. depends on the backup solution. But the general idea is
1: uh, that, you know, you're going to go into your backup application, let's mm-hmm. call it. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if you're restoring, say, indi- individual files or if you're restoring a computers with a file, say your yeah. documents folder, right? Um, you're going to go into that backup solution and say, hey, what do you want to restore from when? And we say, I want the most recent backup of my documents folder. Um, so, yeah, go in there, pull it out. And you know, however many gigabytes it is, terabytes it is, um, it's gonna you know transfer over to your computer if it's over the network, or if you know, someone has a disk or a USB that they want to sure. transfer it with. Um, you know, if you have like a, a USB hard drive and you just take it over, plug it in, right, pull all that stuff over. The backup solution, you know, it's it's uh, not necessarily it's it's not really anything uh, mysterious or magical or anything. It's it's transferring files from this place to that place. Um, you know, applying. In best-case scenario, right, you want to do it implying some level of encryption so that mm-hmm. if someone steals that, right, um, implying some level of encryption, um, and then it, it has innately in it some level of robustness. Uh, so, like, you know, I have a tape. Uh, tape backups are still a thing, right? Tape backups are robust. They last a long time. They don't degrade. So I have a tape um, that holds a lot of data. I'm going to go ahead and lock it in a vault. Easy peasy. So, uh, so, yeah, when it's time to undo that, just take the tape, plug it into your machine, say I want my documents folder from two months ago, you know, yeah. um, and put that back on my computer, you know, takes an hour or two, 10 minutes, you know, depending on how
0: much and uh, and then you're good to go. Okay. All right. So what about not assuming somebody gets in, right? How do we protect? What are other what are things we can do um, to keep security issues from happening in the first place, right? So yeah. cybersecurity is a big deal. Um, you know, backups are great. You assume that at some point, somebody's going to make a mistake, right? Yeah. So you got, you know, a thousand people in your organization. Um, somebody's going to get in a hurry at some point in time and click something they shouldn't have. And it's going to be a really bad day. Yeah. Um, but to your point, it's only a bad day for a little while. You can kind of restore everything. Uh, you have the data from last week and yeah, but it's a little painful, but, um, it's not crippling. Yeah. Um, so that that's good, but what if like how do we how do we prevent that that pain right how do we how do we even not get there well let me introduce you to another scary scenario
1: (laughs) which is that um you know the the concept of ransomware the concept of malware on your computer of uh remote control of your computer um you know exists still today and we see headlines for it all the time you know big hospital or big company right uh, attacked by ransomware shut down by the bad guys um not great right but uh, you know, one of the biggest attack surfaces that we see, one of the biggest risky things uh, we see, is uh, identity, and specifically cloud identity.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so, you know, before, if we think about intrusion into your network. Um, and, you know, we talked about the history of cybersecurity a little bit. So this kind of harkens back to, hey, back in my day, not to be an old man about it. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there used to be the concept of everything's kind of on the corporate network. Um, so your email's on the corporate network and all your applications are on the corporate network. And, you know, if someone wanted to get to it, they had to get into your building, they had to get on your computer, or they had to, you know, remote control your computer from somewhere else. Um, and once they're in the network, then, you know, once they're on your computer, they're in the network and then they can do all their nefarious things. Uh, Right. But, you know, we discuss mobility, too. Right. Um, For personal use and mobility crosses over to business. Right. Sure. Everybody's got their email on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. They live in it. Right. Sure. Um, So that extends. That's your email. Right. But then that's also cloud apps. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I'm getting bigger performance, bigger scalability um, and bigger capability out of, you know, Google apps or Microsoft Azure or Microsoft Outlook online than I am on prem. I don't have to. Maintain a server, and I don't have to do all the stuff. I don't have to worry about fire, flood, those types of things, right? Because right? it's all somewhere else. Microsoft has more money than me, uh, personally, definitely. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they have more money, and they can do all those things. They can do all the backups for you, and it's very enticing. So um, so cloud, you know, exists. Your applications are in the cloud. Your identities in the cloud. Uh, now, what that means is, right? I don't have to get into your network. I don't have to get into your corporate network and attack your servers and your this or that. Um, a Microsoft Outlook online login page, or maybe your cloud application login page is internet accessible, right? Anyone in the world uh, can log in if they have a username or password. Sure. Yep, so that's the new kind of frontier, that's the new big risk uh, surface, attack surface of of, cyber security, it's cloud identity. Um, That means, you know, when I get in there, I'm in your email, if you live in your email, if you do all your business, or the significant portion of it through email, uh, then you know I can act as you. Uh, I can you know send emails to you, uh, you know, or I can send emails to your colleagues as you. Um, I can transact business, reset passwords, right? All your cloud applications, or uh, you know, they might have password resets that go to your email. Um, You might have information saved in your uh, email. You might have information saved that you should. You might have that you shouldn't, right? Right. So, you know, when someone gets access to all that, you know, uh, they have free reign to do whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, the ransomware is a scenario and every for every big attack against X company or or whatever that makes your news. uh, There's innumerable attacks, right, that aren't millions or hundreds of millions um, or even hundreds of thousands of dollars there you know, uh, $10,000 transactions, $40,000 transactions, $800 transactions um, that occur through email when someone controls your cloud identity. Uh, so I'll give you a quick rundown of what that looks like. Sure. Uh, so you get a phishing email, right? Same intrusion as your ransomware, but this time you go to a website, uh, you know, you got super, super company.com. Um, It might not say, hey, download this thing. Uh, it might say, hey, can you please log in using your Microsoft account? We've changed how we log in. Um, and you're like, okay, that's fine. Uh, try to log in. Now what that website is entirely hacker controlled. Uh, and you go and log in and it may say, uh, sorry, your login doesn't work or you don't have permission to it at this time. Right. Try to log in a few times. Nothing works. Um, and then you might go back and reply to the email and say, Hey, this doesn't work. Can you guys fix this? And then, you know, move on about your day. Right. And forget about it. Uh, so but basically, you just submitted a form
0: to exactly. send somebody with your username and ID or your yeah. username and password.
1: Yep. Your username and password just got sent to the bad guys. He's got it in the database now. Right. And uh, and he's sending in a database of this many passwords, right? And he can go in and kind of do whatever. So they're going to get into your email uh, and scope things out. Who are
0: you, right? Um, you know, if you spend... is that done... Sorry to interrupt. Oh, right. but so is that done manually? Like, are there are there people that are doing this? Yeah. or? Is it because in my head, it's like that's not scalable, right? Yeah. So is there also the opportunity for software to do this uh, on behalf of a person? Yeah. So uh, so when you're trying
1: to learn kind of who someone is through their email, it it is a very manual process. Um, They're using, uh, you know, you can search in your email. There's a lot of powerful tools to manage search, figure things out within your email. You can set up rules, Mm -hmm. uh, perform searches, uh, send email in bulk fashion. Right. Um, So those type of automated tools all exist. Uh, but we see that you do have someone on the other side who's manually creeping around in your email.
0: Um, so and- the, the scale is it fair to say the scale comes from the, I guess, the canvas of the the, the email. And then there's going to be some small percentage of those folks that end up clicking on that link and submitting their username and id or username and password. So then, from a scalability perspective, you're able to have a one to one or one to five or whatever the number is uh, relationship where, where that one person can do that. Is I mean, is that a good kind yeah. Of correlation?
1: Yeah, there's there's a, a bunch of different ways you can kind of achieve scale uh, attacks. You know. Gathering information for attacks, gathering usernames and passwords, uh, gathering likely targets, those types of things um, can be done in an automated way. Uh, so yeah, you have your bad sites set up, um, and then you have your emails going out, right, asking for usernames and passwords sent from compromised email addresses, uh, and then you have so you have all those things. You have targets you're gathering, computer names, people names. Email addresses, passwords, all that stuff, all happening automated. Um, but at the end of the day, you still have you, you still have a requirement or a need for someone on the keyboard uh, that's able to look in there and see who is this guy and what does he do, or who, mm-hmm. what is this company? Um, they do the reconnaissance, and that's all performed generally manually. You have some tools mm-hmm. that you can say, I can go look this up or perform these lookups. Look up this domain. What does this company do? Yeah. Um, how much money do they have? Um, so all those things. But a lot of times, you know, these guys go into it blind. You know, they you see a lot of big attacks where uh, a ransomware group will perform an attack. They don't they didn't have any idea necessarily what this company was or what it does. They're just asking for, hey, give me money. I don't really care. Um and then that's it. So yeah. so yeah, uh yeah, manual review of who you are. Um and you know so they're reading emails just as you are and uh and then they're able to kind of inject themselves into whatever they need to. If they want to send an email as you to a colleague. Uh, as an example, you know we've seen this uh, many times uh, there's an invoice that needs to be paid so you get an invoice in your email box it needs to be paid okay, easy um, and attacker might take that invoice that comes in that bill he'll scroll it away in a different folder you can't see it so you didn't see it okay he replies as you uh, and sends it off to you know an accountant or accounts payable or whoever and says Hey, these guys need to be paid, but also by the way, they changed their payment information and it needs to be sent to this new bank account instead of their old one. Um, if accounting comes back, you know, if they look at that email and say, that's so and so's email address, that's coming from internal to the network, right? right? If you have a banner on your email that says, hey, watch out, this comes from outside the network, it wouldn't be that in this case because that's really that person's email, right? Yeah. So they see it, they say, accounts payable might say, sure, go for it. Yeah, it's paid, sends it back to so and so. Attacker might scroll that confirmation away and you may not know till a month or two later when that company says hey this is past due you know do you mind paying us oh i already paid that you know um and and now you're kind of in a pickle but i mean it's been a month it's been two months um and you know that guy's long gone if he hasn't done it again um he may kind of combine things financial fraud and then send out a bunch of phishing emails from your address so so yeah it's what we see um so there's the ransomware component of it. There's the big, big hack component of the big breach component of it. But then there's just the daily every day. Hey, I'm going to steal $800, a thousand, ten, fifteen thousand. Hmm. 15,000. Yeah. All
0: right. Um, so you've, you've thoroughly kind of scared me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, it's, yeah. it's kind of just, it's crazy how, not simple, but you know, how, how plausible, how possible this stuff is. Yeah. Um, so tactically, how do you keep it from happening? I mean, sure. you know, realistically, if I'm, a, if I'm a dealership, right. And I have 200 employees, 500 employees, a thousand employees, um, generally there's a weak link somewhere. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So how do I minimize that risk? How do I keep this stuff from happening? Um, because yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty scary. Yeah. So,
1: you know, my job is information security. I live and breathe right Right. It's mm-hmm. what I do every day. Um, and, you know, and I go home and research and I got labs and I'm doing this nerd stuff, you know, all the time. Um, and my kids like, why are you such a nerdy? You know? uh, so like, so that's what I do. Right. Um, but you know, not everyone does that. The vast majority of people don't do that. Right. They're doing business, right. They're selling cars. Yeah. Um, you know, they're doing accounting. Um, you know, they're answering phones. They're setting up meetings, like all this stuff that's important to the flow of business. Um, but they don't necessarily have the time to be the weirdo in the lab doing all the stuff. Right. Um, and so, one of the first things we need is we need just a basic protection package for that organization, right? So you have to make sure you have endpoint protection. That's like your antivirus, anti-malware yeah. stuff. Um, you know, you have you have your good firewalls, right? Email filtering for phishing and spam, uh, web filtering to make sure no one's clicking on the wrong stuff, um, and those types of protections in place, um, network monitoring, all those tools, right? Uh, so you need a good partner Um, Unless you're doing it yourself, that's going to be able to have a a solid suite of protections that are going to give you just the basic layer. Mm -hmm. So uh, we like to use the term called defense in depth, right? If you think about it like uh, the movie Home Alone, where the kid's trying to keep the bad guys from coming into the house, right? Right. Um, You know, he he has uh, when guys try to open the door, the doorknob's hot and it burns their hand, you know, but they can still kick the door open. But then they're sliding around on marbles and, you know, it's like a whole thing. So every step of the way, you know, before they can get the kid or or rob the house, um, there's a new challenge that they have to to get through, a new filter that's going to keep them out. Uh, And that's how we look at defense in depth. So you have. Uh, you know, endpoint protection on your system, which is going to stop people from installing malware on your system and viruses yeah. on your system. Um, if, but before that even, right, email is a huge vector for that malware. If you can keep it from coming into your email, you don't have to worry about your computer and so on and so forth. So that's your basic, you need a basic suite of protections for your environment. Second would be MFA, multi-factor okay. authentication. So it's not just an annoying thing that I have to do for all of my, <laughs> yeah, all of my apps that it I It is, yeah. It can be annoying, yes. <laughs> and you will have to do it, yeah. Um, but it serves a real purpose. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about, you know, the, the cloud identity, right? So the ransomware thing, sure, you have endpoint protection. You have email filtering. You have network monitoring, all this other stuff. Um, you know, people aren't be able to go to bad websites. Great, perfect. Ransomware, uh, you know, has a, a challenge with that, Um now it comes to what's going on in your cloud identity, right? If I, uh, you know, if I steal your password by installing malware on your computer mm-hmm. and doing all this complicated hacker stuff, uh, you know, that's one way to go about things. But I could also ask you for your password, right? You're probably going to say no, and a thousand people are going to say no. Um, but you know, out of those thousand, out of those thousand and one, maybe that one person says yes, right? Um, and that's effectively what they're doing. They're just, hey, can I use your password? And they say, sure, you know, inadvertently, right? right? Um, but that's not necessarily, you know, if, if I have a username and password, um, that doesn't And I log into my email That's not necessarily A red flag event Right So it's Hey I logged into my email I used the right username I used the correct password I didn't use any techie Wizardry to do it And that's that Um, So how do we You know How do we keep a handle on that? How do we prevent someone who has your username and password from logging? And
0: that's what MFA is for. Yeah. Well, and even the example you gave earlier about resetting your password. Yep. Right. So you get that, that text message or whatever that's, um, Hey, you know, enter this is your security code. Um, so in order to actually reset your password, you have to have that security code as well. Or, yeah, I think that's, that's a, a pretty tangible example of just like yeah, somebody could get your username or your email address and click reset password. And if they have access to your email that where they logged in, you know, if they have that, and you don't have MFA set up, then they're, they're it's done, right? Yeah, they're exactly. In. Yep. Versus if you do, um, you have that extra layer of protection where they also have to have your phone, yeah, right? Or, exactly. you know, have your phone number forwarded to them or something like that. But, yep. um, it's, it's definitely, Uh, a much more protected way to go about things.
1: Yeah, yeah. You need that other factor. You need a fingerprint. You need this. You need that, right? Um, And the bad guy doesn't always have that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a way to keep them out. Usernames and passwords get leaked all the time. Uh, that's just a, a reality of our world uh, those lists are sold to other lists They're sold to other lists um, and that breach data exists probably forever um, if not for a very long time right uh, so you know those things are they got got you got got and that's it it's out there um, so we, how do we put another layer on that right um, you know it's it's having a, a key and a deadbolt secondary key you know it's sure. it's two things right so uh, so MFA important and have that really anywhere, anywhere that you care to protect, honestly. Um, So, you know, if it's important, if it's accessible over the cloud, or if you think someone can get onto it or get access to it, uh, then it needs to be protected by MFA. So that includes, uh, you know, like your email login Mm -hmm. needs MFA, obviously. But if you're in a store um, and you have systems that will face people, right, that might not be attended all the time, Um, a customer could very well walk over and start looking through your stuff, right? And if you don't want that, you need some kind of protection mechanism on that computer, right? So that could be username, password, that could be MFA, probably both, right? If they see the guy typing in his password as, you know, uh, alpha123, you know, and then he's like, oh, I know his password. But then he, he walks away, he has his phone on him, you try to log in, and it dings over there and he's like, what the You know, yeah. looks over at you. And so, yeah, so having it there, um, MFA key. Uh, so yeah, if you care about it, you should probably put MFA on it. Yeah. Uh, I would say the third is we have all these technological things that we can prevent, um, you know, so uh, we have you know tech that stops things from happening, tech that keeps you safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's another component of it. it's a human component. So yeah. if we're looking at, Uh, You know, say that you have a partner um, or you do it yourself and you you have this cool suite of tech Um, It's like the latest and greatest cool stuff. Um, You have MFA everywhere Uh, You're super hyped on it. You're really excited about this is I've got it's Fort Knox, right? Um, Perfect, but you know If someone gives the the bad guys to the key to Fort Knox, right? Yeah Someone who's in Fort Knox and they're like, hey here, you know (laughs) Bad guy can ask for it, right? (laughs) Hey, can I have the key to Fort Knox? Yeah, sure you go You know, don't tell anyone Um, so you need to train your people and have good policies uh, so that they're aware. Like I said, not everyone lives and breathes this stuff. Not a lot of people don't. It's very complicated, gross stuff to get into. Yeah. Um, so, you know, give people a, a level of understanding um, that can really impact their day to day and is you know actionable, clear, concise. This is you know what to look for. Don't do this. Don't do this. Do this. Right. Um, and have a, a comprehensive and solid training program. It doesn't have to be. You know, five hours of dry content, you know, people at the end of it, they're like, oh, I don't even remember anything. I just want to go home. You know, right. um, you have good, uh, good you know, knowledge, concise, easy to understand uh, training yeah. as well. You have good policies uh, to stop the con stuff or stop stuff that, you know, might get through the technical controls because they're expected normal business behavior. Uh, but uh, are things that make people stop and pause and go, should I do this or not? If we look at the vendor payment that's intercepted, uh, someone calls Accounts Payable and they say, hey, can we update our vendor payment information? It's this new bank account, right? Uh, If that's enough for them to to make the change and send the money, that's probably not good enough. Uh, So if Accounts Payable or whoever takes a second to say, okay, our policy is we can make changes, that's fine, but we need to verify with a known source over on the other side, and, you know, we can call up super insurance and say, hey, uh, we just got a, an email. Um, you know, you're my contact. I've talked to you before. Uh, is this legit? And they say, no, don't do it. You know. <laughs> um, and, and then you say, OK, great. Dodge the bullet. Right. right. Um, but, you know, changing account information is a, a normal and expected part of business uh, that people can uh, utilize for nefarious purposes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Right. It's good stuff. Um, so... You said, you know, kind of your 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 software safeguards, right? Yep. Your hardware safeguards, um, MFA, yep. and training, education. So yeah, education are the three kind yep, of pillars. policies. It's good. Um well Ken, it's been uh it's been a fun conversation. I want to be respectful of your time though. Yeah, so sure. um I don't know if there's anything else that uh, that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we hit on today. Um and if not, that that's fine. But uh, obviously if there's anything that we haven't touched on that we should, uh i yeah. happy to. I'd say uh so you know, we
1: have all the tech stuff, which is really cool. That's that's like my jam. I love it. Um, but you know, there there's an important part of it, and that's the compliance and regulation sphere of things. Um and and those are you know things like the FTC safeguards yeah. um, and other uh, compliance and, uh, you know regulations whether they're industry regulations whether they're law um, government regulations that require you to do certain things. So uh, if we're looking at things like FTC safeguards, they're requiring you to encrypt your data. They're requiring to know where your data is and what data you have. Right. Um, so all those things. Uh, you know, they're not going to spell out, um, you know, you need to have this type of encryption and it needs to be like this and this strong and these keys need to be stored there. Um, you know, they're not going to say that. They're going to say you need to encrypt your stuff, right, mm-hmm. um, which is an important starting point, jumping off point for security. They're going to have a whole bunch of requirements that say you need to encrypt your stuff. You need to do this, that, that. Um, and, and when you see it, you say, I need MFA. OK, I didn't realize that. I need MFA. Uh, I need to be encrypting stuff. I need to know where my data is and what data I have. Like, are we storing, you know, uh, scans of driver's license uh, in our emails? Are we storing it? Like, you know, uh, am am I writing down social security numbers on a pad and paper? Yeah. Um, So those types of things will get you going. Right. And there's, you know, there's, the penalty for bad tech is that your business gets owned, right? It gets you know intruded on by the bad guys. You lose a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, but then the penalty for non-compliance, right? To governments, there's you know you're breaking the law, or or you're not allowed to use X Y Z technology, or use this vendor or whatever. Yeah. So and fines. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, fines. Um, so you know, compliance is a tool to get you started and get you in the right frame of mind. Uh, in terms of the tech solutions of it, um, it's a critical part of business. Obviously, you know if you're not in compliance, you know you can't do business. So, critical part of business, um, something to think about. And and you know if you combine that with the tech part of it, making sure you have a, a partner that does both, basically, that can tell you, hey, this is what you need compliance-wise to comply with that. You need these technologies, um, and not just the checkbox. Like, yeah, I did it right. Mm-hmm. I installed a lock, but I gave everyone a key, right? Um, So, you know, yeah, install the lock. But, you know, your partner is going to be able to tell you, install the lock. But then, you know, don't give everyone the key. Keep two copies of it. Keep one locked over here. Give one to this person. Um, And, you know, the tech side, we can implement that. So say, yeah, we have this technology. It'll keep your key safe. We're good to go. So, yeah, compliance just as easily an important part as technology. They go hand in hand.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Ken Wolf, thanks so much for, yeah. uh, for talking today. This really was a fun conversation. Um, happy, I think cybersecurity month, I don't know, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it, could it be, keeps me up at night. Yeah, it could be a little doom and gloom, but uh, no, really good information. I definitely appreciate it. So thanks so much for, uh, for hopping on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That was a fun conversation with Ken Wolf, a uh, supervisor of our Security Operations Center here at Reynolds. Uh, Ken obviously has a ton of knowledge. Uh, some of that conversation felt a little bit uh, scary, I guess, for lack of a better word, but uh, good information to prevent a lot of these issues that come with cybersecurity. So uh, happy Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And uh, before we hop off, don't forget, you can watch or listen to all episodes of Connected on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify podcasts. And make sure to hit subscribe so you're notified every other week when new episodes are released. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in two weeks. Oh <laughs>